Thank you for joining us wherever you are. This podcast episode is brought to you by the Old Ways Actual Play Team. This actual play uses the 5th edition Vampire the Masquerade tabletop role-playing rules by World of Darkness. This actual play is performed by adults and in an adult setting. Listeners should know that this podcast is intended for a mature audience and will include strong language and mature themes. All content, including names, places, events, companies, and so forth, that may bear resemblance to entities living, dead, or undead, is strictly coincidental. My name is Rena Henze, and for tonight's game, I will be your storyteller. Good evening, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Old Ways podcast, Blood Moon Rising, our Vampire the Masquerade Chronicle. We have some delights in store for you tonight as our coterie follows up on some of the leads that they have picked up over the past few episodes. But in order to do that, we first need to do introductions. So, to my right. Hi, my name is Mike, and I'll be playing Marcus Voss of Clan Bruja, who, after the previous episode, has decided to concentrate his eye and his attention on someone new. Oh my. We'll see how that works out for you. And to Marcus's right. Hi, I'm John, and I'll be playing Vince Markovich of Clan Tremere. And uh, I've got some worrying news about my sire. So that's uh, concerning. Yes, your sire's a bit more of a royal pain in the ass than you originally thought. And to Vince's right. Hi, my name's Tegan, and I'm playing Rum the Shaman. And Rum needs to eat desperately and get back on the routine because that is the best treatment for their condition. Mm, we'll see if you get to that or not. And next to Rum. This is Ali, and I'm playing Katarina Bogdanovich, and her temper is running a little short tonight. Just like Katarina herself. And finally, this is Tiffany, and I play Alex Giovanni, and I'm dragging Vince to go see his sire. You're very good at dragging people lately. We'll see how that goes for you. All right, so it's about 9.30 p.m. You have all just exited the Magellan Theater after getting some very dramatic revelations from the Malkavian clan whip, Roger Pendley Funt. Uh, and you've learned some things about, uh, about Vince's sire, perhaps a few other things. It's only been a couple hours, so you do still have plenty of night ahead of you. What would you all like to do? I will suggest that we check in on Karen or Her Majesty, whichever, because I don't think she's doing well. Yeah, Vince is inclined to agree. Uh, based on our last phone call, he says she, uh, she was a bit testy she probably if she sees us she won't be too happy to but i think it'd be better for us to, for her to see somebody especially if she's going through some kind of 
phase. Well, and wouldn't it be disappointing to find out that all of this is caused by one of her cults? That would be real disappointing. It'd be very disappointing to find out that you weren't invited to that cult for unknown reasons. And that for some reason, you're not worthy. So for, for clarity purposes, do we believe that she's physically here still? I do not. Okay. So this is yet another meeting with someone in the ether, then yes? Perhaps. I think we need to just see where her uh, physicality is at. Perhaps it's amongst the corpses. This is like, well, I was I was going to go check her apartment. Right. That's what I'm suggesting. Well, it's actually not an apartment. It's a townhouse. But, you know, whatever. <laughs> so, uh, do you want to give them... Your, her address so we can all meet there or do you want everybody to pile into the Lincoln? Vince looks traumatized that he has to face the option, the, the notion of giving out the address of Ms. Karen Stein. He's just like, I was told I'd be murdered if I did this, but I think I've got a pretty good reason for, for what we're doing. So I, uh, no, I think, I think, yeah. Uh, guys, this is the address. Well, if you get murdered, I'll make sure you stay around. How comforting. <laughs> he just puts his hand on his chest and he's like, oh, oh, wait, I know, I know what that means. <laughs> so the address that Vince gives you, it's down in Jackson Square. So other end of town. And it's it's a fairly quiet area that's been gentrified a good bit but it's very much out of the way. That's kind of good, actually. Is everyone planning to go visit uh, Her Majesty Queen Elizabeth I, also known as Karen Stein, or are we splitting the party? I, I want to go with, but I do want to ask Vince something. So I, I lean into Vince, and I'm just like, so if she was the Queen of England, but she's didn't, she's not gone... Is she still technically the Queen of England? Or is like, were there other royalty that were also vampires? I'm just, I'm just wondering, like, do we call her Her Majesty? Um, I have never called her that. And, it, and Vince is like, I explained some weird roleplay stuff she, she wanted. But I mean, no, no. I, I just always called her Karen or Miss Stein or Boss. Or sire. I would assume since Queen Elizabeth died that uh, she probably wants to be called Karen. Yeah, it's the 21st century. You don't dead name people. No, of, of course. Of course. And Vince is like, I mean, you weren't Ram the Shaman before you. <laughs> and he like puts a hand on Ram's shoulder. He's like, before you were chosen. I look you deeply in the eye and I say, we don't talk about that. Sorry, Ram. <laughs> He's just like, real sorry. I appreciate the offer of your Lincoln, Alex, but I'll pass. I don't really know that I can do the whole, well, butler, servant, driver treatment. Okay. Enjoy. He gets paid well. 
Shotgun. No one was competing for that. <laughs> I just didn't want the middle seat in the back. <laughs> we go to get in the car and the drivers put bird spikes in the seat. <laughs> what about you, Katarina? I will probably be riding in the Lincoln. Okay. So everyone except Marcus piles into the Lincoln. Rom, you go to open the front door and it's mysteriously locked. And the driver just gives you a, I don't know, kind of look. Fine, I'll get in the back with everybody else. I wanted to talk to him about podcasts. <laughs> Please, Colin Robinson. <laughs> We're going to see, like, Rom hanging in the window, like, to that separates, like, the front and back seat, like, half hanging out, you know? Or he's going to crawl oh, through, that. like, Deadpool <laughs> in the taxi. <laughs> Oh, yeah, no, okay, so I'm getting in now, and yeah, I am picking the seat closest to that window so I can talk to the driver about, you know, about podcasts. That's what something we're doing. Alex, I think your driver might require a raise or hazard pay, one of the two. Union dues. Or that. Proper pay rate. It's okay, I'll talk to him. All right, so Marcus, are you following them in your own vehicle? Or are you going to meet them there? Oh, certainly I've got my vehicle here, so we'll just tag along behind the Lincoln. And- All right, so you head off towards Jackson Square and the address that Vince gave you. Alex, you get a text message from Trevor on your way, very short, to the point, just says, everything's fine, paperwork. And that's the only thing you've heard from him so far, but at least he's checked in. Katarina, your pager does not go off at all which is a nice relief. It's been going off far too much over the last few days. And uh, Vince, you just sit there next to Rom, listening to Rom talk the ears off of the driver about podcasts. So you all arrive at this town home. It probably didn't cost all too much when Karen bought it, assuming she's been here a while, but in today's market, it would probably cost about $1.5 million. It's a fairly old home. It looks like it's been renovated and probably in the last few years even. Looks pretty modern, up to date. Got Looks like the windows have been renovated to not be so open, which is not surprising considering who lives here. It's certainly not as open plan as the rest of the townhomes in the area, which go for a lot of natural lighting. But, you know, it's a quiet district, fairly fairly decent, and wouldn't attract a whole lot of attention, which is also good for vampires. But it's very quiet. It's about 10 p.m. Hear some people off in the distance, but it's quiet on this street. Find a place to park and kill the lights. Yep, there's some parking on the side of the street. People are out doing things, you assume. So they've taken their cars and you can just pull in alongside the curb. I'll uh, exit and then wait for Vince to make his um, grand approach to his sire's townhouse. And Vince does eventually show up in the in the back of the Lincoln. Yeah, Vince, do you, do you try texting or calling Karen first to let her know that you're coming or... I think based on uh, how she reacted last time, no. (laughs) 
Okay, so you show up unannounced. It's a bad idea, but it's a better idea than the other idea. <laughs> All right, so Vince, I assume you're going up first. Do you knock, ring the bell, just try to open the door? What do you do? He's just going to try and open the door. Okay, the door is locked. Makes sense, that is pretty standard. <laughs> do you have a key? It's like, do I have a key? Uh, and checks his pockets. <laughs> I would say you probably don't, mm. considering the hierarchy, right? And she's very you're, controlling. Yes, she's very controlling, and you're, you're her kept man, so she goes she goes to your place. She never really has you come to her place unless it's to work on a spell or something. So That's actually the only reason I know where this is. I also know where the library I'm, is inside. I'm gonna reach into my inside pocket and pull out my lockpicks. Excellent. Alright, so you see Alex pulling out a set of lockpicks. So give me a larceny plus dexterity roll. I have the specialization of breaking and entering. Yes, you do. Let's engage in some light B and E. Just a little bit, though. Just getting our feet wet. But you're only going to need two successes for this because you're quite skilled in it. Yeah, and I got a shit roll. Oh my god. Okay, so you fiddle around with the lock for a couple minutes. You were expecting it to be a fairly easy opening, but it seems like Karen might have gotten a special lock made that you're not used to dealing with. It's definitely not a lock you've encountered before. It appears to be a custom one, and you're not quite able to get it open. It's very frustrating. Can I inspect it some more and try again, or otherwise I will see if there's a back door. You can try again if you want to spend a willpower point. Ugh. Can I just lean into Alex and be like, I, I think I saw this one in the lockpicking lawyer. Do you need help? What do you mean? This, this, you're not going to be able to crack this one the normal way. You're going to need to come up from the other side. Oh. Okay. We can try that. You get willpower back by resting and, and doing other things that are connected to your essential nature, basically, to answer your question from a minute ago. Oh, okay. Mm -hmm. So, okay. Did I have willpower refresh at the beginning of this session? Yes, you got a you got one, at, one point back after you rested the previous night. Okay, so then I would have been at zero. So if I spend another one, I'll be at... Yeah, I'll spend it. It's fine. Okay, so re-roll. Yeah, I got two. All right, so you step back, ignore Rom, close your eyes for a minute, and then put your lock pick set back in. Now that you know that there's something different about this lock, you can reformulate how you approach it. And after another couple minutes, you're able to get the door open. So what do you do? As the door swings open. Do I smell blood? Yes. I will turn around and look at Vince and tell him to sit here on this stoop 
and give us a minute. It's just like, nope, no can do. I, uh, I gotta go in. You want to see this? He just holds up a hand. He's like, I'm prepared for the worst. Okay. I will, if there are no lights on, I'm going to see if there's one, like, in the entrance, you know, in the entryway. Like, you know how, like, you can reach inside a door and flip lights on. Yes, there, there's definitely a light switch in the hallway. It's at this point that Vince will activate his heightened senses. What about the the other three? Where, where are you? What are you doing? I'm waiting for them to step in so we can get inside. Because it looks like five weirdos sitting outside the house. I, I'm concerned about Vinny's well-being, so I'm going to want to like stick close to him in case he needs some emotional support. And Katarina? Yeah, I'm waiting because the longer we're out here, the more suspicious we look. Hey, so as you all pile in and Alex turns on the light, you've all smelled this tang of blood, of vampire blood. But as you step in and the door swings shut behind you, you hear a scream. And Vince, you you know that the sound is coming from the down the hallway where the library is. At hearing the scream, Vince is off like a shot. He's just sprinting down to the library. Just not saying anything, just gone. Vincent, wait! And I'll go after him. Yeah. Yeah, I casually walk that way, like Michael Myers style. I'll be keeping up with Vince. I will be uh, following Alex. Okay, so you all go down the hallway, not quite as quickly as, as Vince, who's taken off like a shot towards the library. And Vince, the library door is closed, but it's not locked. But you're you're feeling a bit anxious and it takes you a second to get the handle to actually turn because you're stressed and what's happening and and this screaming keeps continuing. And as you try to get the door open for a minute, your nostrils pick up the scent of smoke. I think Marcus will be the closest. So Vince is just going to turn to him and say, I think there's a fire and he's going to just reach for the handle and just try and... He's also aware there could be some weird incense that she has, or who knows what. So, you yell to Marcus that it smells like there's a fire, and the rest of you, as you come closer, you can pick up the smell of smoke as well. And Vince, you manage to get your sweaty palm to focus on the door handle, and you push the door open, and you are greeted with smoke. If I start smelling smoke, I like I put my hand out like in front of Katerina like to stop her a minute and look at her and go. So the face melting, this isn't going to be good. No, it is not. And Vince, as you look through the smoke, it doesn't really bother you physically all that much, but you kind of push through it a bit and the library is ablaze. There's books and books and books, piles of them on fire. 
They've all been taken off of the shelves and stacked up and set on fire. And in the middle of this massive, massive pile of burning books, you see Karen and she is burning. She is screaming as loudly as you've ever heard anyone scream. Her eyes are huge and manic. Her red hair is singed and it's beginning to catch fire as well. You see her skin melting off into this pile of books. And it looks like her legs are already gone, at least the lower part, and the fire is climbing up and melting her flesh. And you see the skin beginning to peel off of her face. And she seems to notice you for the first time. And she raises both of her hands. And it looks like something or someone has restrained her in this circle because there are chains around her wrists. And she looks at you as her eyes begin to melt and she opens her mouth to continue to scream and you see her tongue is missing. Vincent's reaction is pure horror because this, he's like, at the same time, he's disassociated and he's now like, whoever did this did this because they couldn't affect her with this curse. Most likely this, you know, he, he is falling into the habits of a Tremere. He's like, just detail oriented now um can I run to the kitchen and check under the sink for a fire extinguisher yes you can kitchen's back the other direction takes you a minute to find it so I'm gonna grab Vince and I'm gonna pull him out of line of sight of whatever's going on because I don't want him to be suddenly the subject, especially because what I see from my vantage point is it's reaching out towards him. And so we're going to break line of sight. And if that means I have to put him in a subtle but yet not so subtle headlock to move him back behind the door, then that's what Marcus is going to do. And I'm going to bet that I'm a little faster than you. I'm willing to bet. And also that Vince is in cold, numb shock. He's never actually seen this kind of horror before. I mean, you guys never even killed anybody compared to the rest of you. So, he's like, yeah, no, Vince is really easy to get out of the way. Yeah, so Marcus, you're able to grab Vince and pull him away from the door so that this melting, burning, screaming pile of flesh that used to be a vampire can't make eye contact or what's left of her eyes contact anymore. To be fair, it's a Marcus, I, I don't know how blood magic works. So uh, I don't know if she needs eyes to cast spells. So I'm just taking a cautionary tale here. And I'll say, stay here. Don't move. Yeah, if I find a fire extinguisher, which I'm, you know, really hoping I do, I'm going to go put everything out. You definitely find a fire extinguisher. It's fairly common. 
in vampire households in particular because fire's very dangerous. So you do find a fire extinguisher. By the time you run back, the smoke is filling the hallway and you can smell the burning flesh from the kitchen. And you run back with the fire extinguisher and by the time you get to the the library, you just see these skeletal hands reaching out through the smoke. One of them still has a manacle on it. It looks like the other one has slipped out of it. There's no skin left on these bones. And you see a horrible melting face with no eyes. The nose has fallen off. There's blood and gore and guts everywhere. And then the hands, these skeletal hands fall back into the smoke and there's no more screaming. Still need to stop the fire. Mm -hmm. So you begin extinguishing the fire in the library so it doesn't spread to the rest of the house. And it it's disgusting work with the smell and the blood everywhere and the smoke. But you're able to get it under control fairly quickly. But this entire library is completely ruined. Yeah, I'm just hoping that there's some evidence of who or what chained Karen there. Yeah, I guess I'll... Um... I guess I'll probably just stay close to Vince. And while it may be slightly out of his public character, I'm a little concerned the young lad has had a couple of fairly traumatic experiences. Yes, I'm going to stay nearby to Marcus and Vince on that. I am very concerned about young Vinny. Vince is absolutely in shock. He's He is trying to figure out what, how, why, <laughs> and then who. <laughs> so you said the books were arranged in a circle, like a pile, right? Well, they, they were they were stacked up, yeah, in a pile around what used to be Karen Stein. Okay, so is there any indication this was a ritual? Like, is there anything on the manacles? Is there anything on the floor? So you have a look around with your keen investigative eye and the books just look like they've been stacked up like a funeral pyre or like kindling. As far as you can tell, there doesn't appear to be a whole lot of rhyme or reason, but these books are also super damaged. So it's also impossible to tell what most of them are or were. You have a look at the manacles and... Uh, they're lying on the ground. One of them still has some skeletal hand bones in it. And I'd like you to give me occult plus intelligence. Is anyone else doing an, any investigating in the room at the same time? Not in the room. Uh, I'd probably, after I know that Vince is okay, I'd want to check out the rest of the house. Okay, so you're going around the house. Vince is staying with Rom or Rom staying with Vince either way. What about Katarina? I'm also going to be looking around the house. Okay. So both of you give me investigation plus intelligence. Certainly. And while you're doing that, uh, how did it go, Alex? I got three. Excellent. All right. 
So with your three successes as you're investigating, these manacles look old. Like several hundred years old. The kind of thing you'd find in a dungeon somewhere in England or Central Europe. And you find the key. It looks like it's been thrown across the room. Like she did it to herself. That's one possible interpretation. Okay. So you judge the distance and yes, it's possible that she locked herself in these and then threw them from where she was standing. So her hand bones are still there, correct? Yes. Some of them. So can I, is it enough for me to use fatal precog on it? I think it should be enough. It's an, it's enough of part of a corpse. Right. Okay. Mm -hmm. So you're going to need to rouse the blood yeah. before you use your powers here. Sweet. So make me a rouse check. That's a five. Okay, that's not enough. You need a six or higher. Sweet. So you're not sure what, what it is. Maybe it's just the fact that you actually f were physically present for this death. Maybe it's the smoke or maybe it's just the lingering scent of burning flesh. But you're not feeling strong enough at this moment. Okay. So in my uh, investigation rolls, I got two nines and a ten. Oh, excellent. I got a seven, nine, and a ten. <laughs> oh, some really good rolls there. All right. So as you're poking around, the first thing you notice when you go back into that main hallway and you look back towards the door that you came in through, both of you see this bloody half moon painted on the back of the door with blood dripping down it. It looks very fresh. Mm. Probably why you smelled blood so strongly at the door. That's the first thing you notice. The second thing you notice as you come out of this hallway and there's a kind of living area space just down from the kitchen is you find a severed bloody tongue on the table. Interesting. Just on this low coffee table. And there's blood splatter all over this living room. And if you keep poking around, you find what looks like the bedroom. Fairly nice, neat, modern furniture, but not ostentatious, but definitely very comfortable looking. And the bed doesn't look like it's been slept in for several days. I'm going to be looking around for an office. Okay. Yep. There's uh, an office the other direction down the hallway from the library. And that's where I'll head. Okay. So, Marcus, which room are you going to be in at the moment? <laughs> well, I'm assuming if it's a townhouse, it has a basement. More than likely. And so I'm looking for a door that leads down. Okay. That would be in the kitchen. And that's where I'm going. 
All right, so Marcus heads down into the basement. Katarina goes into the office. Rom and Vince, are you still standing outside the library? Vince, I, I'm, I, I don't know what to say. I'm sorry. Vince's like, it's not your fault, man. You, you're not responsible for this. And he's just, like, very cold. And he's just like, it, it's my fault. I mean, I should have checked on her as soon as I called. But, um, no, I should have checked on her sooner. There's, there's no two ways about that. Don't. Don't take this on yourself. Don't internalize this. You, you just got... We had no idea. You had no idea. He's like, I, I had suspicions. I mean, some of the things she said, some of the things that are written in her in her personal notebook. Um, I mean, I had, a, I had a suspicion. I just didn't want it to be true. And uh, this is what I get. I'm going to find whoever did this and I'm going to I'm going to do terrible things and I'm going to be just a nightmare for them. He's like, if you excuse me, I have to take care of a few things. <laughs> Vince. Vince. I'd like you to reduce your humanity by one. Yep. Sounds about right. Down to seven humanity. Um, yeah, Vince isn't... You, f you feel like you're losing mm -hmm. a little bit of yourself here as you're talking to Rom, you're listening to Alex move around in Karen's library as you... Every time you close your eyes to blink, you see those that melting face, those staring eyes, and you can still smell the smoke and, and the burned flesh out here something in you dies a little bit. Right. I mean, she was the strongest person I knew. She, uh, they could do that to her. I don't, I don't know who they couldn't do it to. No, but that's what it is. It's only happening, I mean, we only have two data points, but it's not happening to people like us. It's happening to these older ones. He nods. He's like, that's a very good point. I hadn't considered that. And he's like, oh, oh also, by the way, it's three. Uh, I, I would also like to point out that Trevor is barely older as a vampire uh, than Rom is. I don't think my character's been fully filled in on Trevor. Yeah, you just know he's been having nightmares. And whoever did it took her books, which... That's, that's perverse in like three ways one she was so proud of them and two her library defined her and she defined it and three whatever clues she'd been researching might be lost to us now or probably are lost to us then he stops and thinks and he's like but if she knew someone was out to get her <laughs> there's a very good chance that she would leave a dead man's switch or something like that he's like she loved spy movies and stuff it was really like she loved all that stuff and she he's like she read Tom Clancy and then she'd give out to me about how inaccurate some parts were um no she loved all that spycraft stuff so I I've got some things to do Ram. and he just puts a hand on his shoulder and he's like 
thanks. Thanks for being here. And he's just gonna walk off. He's just gonna eh, just walk off for now. Take what he said to heart, and I'm gonna, you know, with my hours and hours of binge watching um, Law and Order, I'm gonna try to look for something. I I don't want to touch anything because you're not supposed to touch things. So I kind of want to see if maybe QE1 left something out up on, like, on the top, like something that she touched recently. If there's any situational evidence to that. In the library or elsewhere in the house? I'll stay in the library. I don't want to get in Vince's way, but I, I do want to follow that train of thought. Okay, so give me your investigation plus intelligence. And can I also look for fetters? Yes, you can definitely do that. But while you're trying to figure that out, Marcus, you were going down into a basement. As one does. I mean, as one so does. You open the, the door. It's locked, but with your strength, if you want to, you can pull it open. I mean, it's not locked. It's just stuck a little. Just a little stuck. And it's not like she needs it anyway. So she's not going to care if you break her door. So you pull open the door and you can go down into the very dark basement. Uh, It smells like death. The moment you open the door. Mm. You look down into what to ordinary people to kind would be pitch black darkness. These wooden stairs that you can see. Very old stairs look like they haven't been replaced as recently as the rest of the house has been renovated. And you just smell blood, human blood this time, decay and rot. Is there a light switch? There is. Yeah, I turn it on. Okay, you turn it on. There is what looks like a single bulb hanging over the stairs. And then it also turns on another light further down into the basement. Classic serial killer basement. Oh, yes. So you go down the stairs, I assume. Mm-hmm. And down in this basement, there are bodies. Oh. Or remnants of them. Several of them. You see a stack of what used to be you think young humans in their perhaps 20s and they're could have been they could have been attractive once but some of them have had their throats torn out some of them just look like they've been completely drained but they haven't been properly disposed of they've just been left down here And there is a circle painted in blood in the center of the floor with some very strange-looking symbols painted north, south, east, and west. And there are two human bodies stretched out inside this circle. I better mess those markings up before anyone gets to look at them. No, I'm kidding. Uh, so are the human bodies their corpses, I assume? 
they are not breathing. All right. This is um, unfortunate, but as disgusting as it might be for others, it's not it's not enough to turn my heart or stomach. This is simply the way things are. It's unfortunate that um, the fire has been put out because it seems like we could have had a use for the house being burned down. Well, that's unfortunate. Is there anything of physical value down here? Or does it seem like just a place where the queen kept a herd and what looks like a series of human playthings? Well, you see there's what looks like a workbench, like where someone might do craftsmanship or something, but this it's off to the side, and if you go over to it, it's to the left of of this circle. Uh, and there's a cork board with a bunch of rather nasty-looking implements hanging on it. it seems uh, hmm. Her Majesty didn't come completely out of the 16th century. No, indeed she did not. And there's a few pages scattered on the desk, and they look fairly old, and they're written in Latin. Okay. I but think... you do see a diagram on one of them that matches the circle on the floor. Oh, wonderful. I shall collect these. All right, so you collect the pages... Do you leave the bodies as they are? Yeah, I don't want anything to do with being anywhere near that circle okay. or touching those bodies. I just want to make sure that there is nothing of what I would consider value. Uh, the tools aren't valuable because, I mean, I don't need them. And the bodies are really a kind of a, a sad coda to the queen's life as now it's likely that um, her child will have to clean up the mess. Very likely. You poke around the rest of the basement fairly quickly, staying away from that circle. You don't find much of what you would consider value. She didn't collect a whole lot of information the way that Felix Conrad did. You do find some what look like heroin needles stacked up in a box. And you also find looks like an IV bag and an IV needle. They look like they've been discarded. And that's all you find down here. Okay. I head back upstairs. Okay. As you're investigating the serial killer dungeon, Katarina, you went into the office. The office is not as grand as the library was before someone set it on fire. But there's just a fairly antique-looking desk. It looks to be a couple centuries old, you think. And there's a low bookcase, the kind you could probably get from Ikea, that has some potted plants on it. Fake potted plants, it turns out. And a couple of knickknacks. And there's a framed old-timey photograph. Looks to be from around World War One, you think? Of a woman. You assume it's Karen. You didn't really get much of a glance of her. 
wearing what looks like a pilot's uniform, which is a little strange in and of itself, as women weren't allowed to fly during the First World War. That's going to be very interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm going to grab that picture, actually, and like take it out of its frame and look on the back. Right, so you look on the back, and it's inscribed on the back of the of the photo. If you're taking the back of the frame off, um, it just says, "With thanks, comma George." Okay, I'll uh, I'll put it back together and put it where it was. Just, mm-hmm. um, and I will. Root through the desk. Okay, you root through the desk, and you did roll really well, especially with that 10. So, there's not a whole lot in here. Not like with Luther or with Felix Conrad. You sense that being a Tremere, she probably kept most important things in the library. But you do find what appears to be some notes on someone hard to tell at first you flip through them a little bit and you realize these are some notes on a young nurse named Vince Markovich I will take those Yep, you, you can just lightly skim them enough to see his name pop up and you realize that these notes start four years ago Yes, I will uh, I will fold those up and put them in in my pocket. You abscond with the notes? Yes, is there anything else? Um, you find under the drawer where you'd normally put pencils and pens and things, you tap around on that. there's a, a false bottom to it and you pull out some quite lovely jewelry. actually it looks very old. There's some some rings with precious ge- uh, gems in them, and there's what looks like a very fancy ruby necklace. I'll put those away. You put them back, or you take them with you? No, I'm going to put them back. That's okay. not what I'm after. All right. Other than that, you don't find anything in here. Okay. I'm going to... Are there, like, any... I'm going to, like, go back out into, like, the living room or den area and see if there's any other bookshelves. So you head back to the living room. While you're doing that, Alex and Rom were poking around in the library. So, Alex, you were looking for fetters. Correct. Yeah, so if there aren't any in here, then I will just start looking around the apartment or the townhouse. Mm -hmm. So... You catch a glimpse of an aura from a book, but the book has been very badly damaged and the aura is so faint, you're not sure it's going to survive as a fetter for much longer, if at all. And then you can move out into the rest of the house and continue your search. So, So you do find in the living room area aside from the bloody tongue that's on the table you do find there's what looks like a pocket watch 
that's been laid out neatly on a side table next to this dark green reclining chair. And the, the pocket watch looks fairly antique. And on the inside is the inscription love S. And there's an aura around it. Okay. Is that all I find so far? That's all you find. So, Rom, how did you do on your roll? No. Uh, I was able to roll two successes out of uh, four. Okay. So, what are you looking for in particular in here? You said you weren't touching anything, but what are you looking for specifically? The young Vincent really turned me on to this concept that um, perhaps she would have set up some sort of message or failsafe for it. And so I am just looking for something that she may have made obvious mm-hmm. to, for us to find or for him to find. Okay. So you go looking around in the destroyed remnants of this library and now you've got the wet kind of squish from the fire suppressant that Alex brought in and you have to gingerly step over some viscera as you go and it looks like every single book was pulled off the shelf except for one you find it in a back corner behind the door alright I'd like to take a look at this book it appears to be a first edition printing of Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde by Robert Louis Stevenson. If Vince is still close enough to call over, I'd like to call him over to me and show it to him. Vince has wandered off at this point. So. Okay, well, while I'm looking for Vince, I'm going to look inside the inside covers and see if there's maybe a bookmark on a certain page or anything marked in here. You do find an inscription in very fancy penmanship on the inside. To Lizzie with thanks, RLS on the inside. And of course, my brain is like, I mean, like, I'm thinking about Goosebumps and like R.L. Stein. So I don't know if I'm getting the correct reference or not. But that's what I'm assuming. Well, the author's name is Robert Louis Stevenson, so... Nope, nope, that's not what Rom's thinking. Rom is thinking R.L. Stein, Goosebumps. Okay, so that's what we're going with. So you, you get a get an idea about who might have given this inscription, and you start flipping flipping through the book, trying to see if you can find anything in there. So what is Vince doing while this is ha- while this is going on? Where did you wander off to? Vince has wandered off to uh, to Karen's room and he is grabbing a weekend bag from her closet. Okay. And uh, Vince is not in a great place psychologically right now. <laughs> he is a little bit upset. Really? Yeah, yeah no, it turns out trauma. I don't know. But... Vince still doesn't know a ton about vampires. <laughs> so he is going to take this empty 
weekend away bag, and he's also going to go to the kitchen, pick up some black plastic bags, and he's going to start into the library and gather every single bone of hers that he can find into the one of the black plastic bags. And he's just talking the whole time. He's like, should have been. I should have done something. I should have acted on it. I should have, uh, I should have protected you. I mean, you know, I'm compared to you, I'm not much. I'm pretty disposable. I, I should have done something. I, uh, gotta find. He's just like, he's alternating between it should have been me and I am going to avenge you. I'm going to interrupt him and bring him the uh, pocket watch. And he's just like, yeah, it's an old watch. So um, she had lots of old stuff. I mean, it turns out you're, when you're 500 odd years old, you, you accumulate stuff. This is like Mina's book. Pull your head out of your ass just a moment and listen to me. And that, that kind of gets him. He's like, it's like Mina's book. He's like, okay, yeah. Okay. So this is going to be special to her. On one level, he's like, oh, excellent. That means we might be able to, you know, see what she, whether someone was here forcing her to do these things. And then he's like, it also means she treasured a gift from someone else. <laughs> he's just like, hmm, that that hurts a little bit. That's a pretty old watch, too. Probably a gift when it was So new. my suggestion is to keep this in a safe place or on you. But I don't know if you want her suddenly interrupting everything you're doing if she's still around I mean I would assume since I found this also it says love S do you know who that might be from he's just like off the top of my head no no off the top of my head it's like as he's like but she's like 500 years old it's like she she was like 500 years old um so, you know, I mean, it's like there's a lot of people it could have been, I guess. Okay. Well, here, you take this and you could even ask Mina about it. It's like, yeah, yeah, that's a, that's Which a good idea. <laughs> you haven't read to her in a while. He's like, yes, well, I, I thought I was going to get home last night, but um, I'll, I'll smooth things over there. But, oh, geez. <laughs> He's like, oh, Karen was the only lead on Mina's daughter. So I'm going to have to figure, figure that you out. You have a whole He's plan just like, to ask. He's like, yeah, but I only know like three other Tremere <laughs> and one of them is dead. Well, I can always ask Vera, too. He's just like, okay, okay. I, uh, I'm sure that they're probably used in the clan at large to her quirks by now, so maybe they'll be like, oh yeah, she does that to all of them. Yeah, he, he's just like, I'll, I'll hold on to the watch. We'll. Okay, I'll let you do that. Happens. And I'm going to go find Marcus. I'm probably somewhere upstairs now. Like, not on the main level of the townhouse. Okay. Well, I'm going to wander around until I find you. And if I do... Mm -hmm. Don't we have a body to look at? You say that so casually. 
Of course that's we what do. I, that's what I do. Well, we have other problems. Where's Vince? He's cleaning her up. Well, this house is in a, a massive masquerade violation waiting to happen. And even us being here is dangerous now. What's going on? It's the basement. It's a problem. Oh. So there was likely some fairly, I don't know what you call it, a busy blood sorcery going on down there. Whatever the Tremere call it. Or death um, cult. There's stacks of bodies down there. All sorts of fun implements for the queen to play with. And maybe a blood bag or two. Um, there's some strange blood writing on the floor. I really think, though, it's important that Vince gets the idea that it, it is his cross to bear in some regard. So you want to leave him here to clean up? No, I want to... And this is something that I have been meaning to, to say, but I'm glad I can say it to you directly rather than with a bunch of other people around. We have to stop coddling him. He has to start walking on his own. He has to start being his own person. And that also means that we have to stop ordering him around. Because it's starting to get under my skin. Getting under your skin, but then I'm not willing to just let him walk into death. He's already dead. Yeah, but it's easier to talk to him this way than the other way. Fair. I just... Maybe it's the way I was raised, but when when you're set out on your first job and you start to work, he, he's going to have to fail on his own a little bit. We have other problems, like that half-moon blood that's on the door there. We're only getting closer and closer to full. Yes, I'm aware. I still think the Tremere have something to do with it. And that is part of why I take care of Vince. I think you take care of Vince because you're an information broker. He has no information to give. And it's a subtle way for you to get, not yet, but he's a key inside that clan that is very secretive. And I'm certain that that means something to you. And you know what? I don't care. You don't have to. It doesn't matter to me. No, I know. It's wonderful. It's very liberating, actually. I just want to make sure that you and us, the Coterie, don't hang ourselves trying to um, give Vince every perfect little order. Because all that neonate has to do is turn around and say, they told me to do it. And he's without a sire now. Which means if he wasn't released by her, who knows what the prince could do to him? The prince could say that he's not properly prepared. Hell, his his clan could do that. And then it's it's literally final night for him. I just want everybody to be careful. And this house, if the cops find it, there's no way to explain what happened here. Well, then how are we going to clean it up? Well, I am going to take care of it. Okay. Because I am not going to have this mess on my head. Well, I also think it's important since we keep walking in last minute on these other vampires that we need to 
find out why a human was affected? That's an excellent question. I have some documents I'd like you and Vince to take a look at together. Okay. It's important, mostly because I don't speak Latin, nor do I read it, but I can... I went to Catholic Church enough to know that what what Latin looks like. It's important that whatever legacy she left him, he gets ownership of. I agree. For better or for worse. Well, it is what it is. It's just too bad that she didn't do her Tremere part and take care of him like she was supposed to. It's a cruel part of empiric society, as I'm certain you well know. There are some sires who simply do not care for the children they make. You misunderstand. When we are brought up, we are family. You do not get left behind. (laughs) Which is why I said some. I wouldn't doubt your family obligations. It's fairly well known. I would be very interested to know if the queen asked for the right of progeny from the prince and whether or not Vince is a known was, was properly presented. I don't know. I mean, the prince did seem to know who he was. Certainly. But the prince is fairly crafty. It wouldn't shock me if they decided to go along to get along to figure out what the issue was. It isn't like the prince has never gone back on their word before. Yeah. Okay. I can see that. I'll work to get the house cleaned up. And after that, you and I do have a body to investigate because I can't explain the type of wounds that it took. Nor can I explain what happened. I don't like how closely it uh, fell on my domain's doorstep. Too many questions. I just don't want to wait too many uh, more nights because then the smell is a little distracting. Certainly. I mean, they were bagged and put on ice, but that does it's not going to stop the decomposition. Do you want to hand me the documents or do you want to hand them to Vince yourself? I think it's important he gets them from me directly. Okay. Not that you can't see the outcome of it in the basement if you want to get a look before uh, I get things cleaned up. Yeah, because I think that might be death culty. I usually don't see Tremere being that messy, but I could be wrong. There's quite a bit of rot down there as well. Yeah, that doesn't sound tremere to me. All right. Yeah, I'll wander down to the basement and then, yeah. I'll work on the other part. So I'm going to wander in and find Vince. Hopefully going through bones or um, get having gotten his shit together as uh, Alex has prodded him to do and I'll approach him and just say it seems that your sire had some rather um, active pr- practices in the basement. Were you aware of this? No. No. I, okay. He's like, I've only been here like three times. I understand. I I've dealt with a lot of vampires over the years who've had the unfortunate, rather unfortunate side effect of having a sire that either decided to cast them aside or they simply didn't 
they didn't live up to what their sire wanted. And it's a it's a heavy burden to bear. So that I understand. It actually is what sometimes fuels the anarch movement in Oakland. It's not uncommon. There were some documents downstairs. They're written in Latin. Are you familiar with the tongue? Uh, from some of my studies, yeah. I'd, I'd, be, I'd have passing familiarity. Well, passing. I mean, he, he's like, uh, passing, you know. I, I, he's like, I'll be able to read them. So I, I pass them over to him. There's a fairly detailed diagram here of something that has been put up in the basement. I'm making sure that Alex has a look at it before we go. But provided you can read this, I'd like you and I to have a drink sometime. I have a few other things I'd like you to look at. Just for direct translation. I mean, it wouldn't be any hassle. That you just need to, uh, it might need a dictionary <laughs> for some of the more obscure ter- terms, but no, that's it should okay. be fine. We have more pressing matters at the moment. This house, as you see it, hopefully you're not too attached to. As I said, I was only here three times. It's okay. You won't be coming back. He's like, shouldn't we call uh, Esmeralda? I don't know. I'll take care of it. He just nods. He's like, okay. The basement's pretty bad. So it's important that we get it cleaned up before there's a masquerade breach. <laughs> Vincent just nods slowly like, I, I don't entirely understand that term, but I know it's bad. I guess, do I get get the read that Vince kind of just slowly nods his head as if he doesn't really get what's going on? I I would say it's fair to say, because, like, Vince knows it's like, look, you got to stay under the, stay below the radar. Stay, don't do things that would reveal the existence of vampires. Don't go doing magic in public. Don't drain somebody and leave a body, a hole with two, you know, a corpse with two holes in the neck. He's like, but I'm a bagger. I don't, I don't know what, what you want from me. Sure. I'm not here to quote the rules to you. That's really not my, well, it's not really my thing. But there are a couple of really important rules and not breaking the masquerade is top of the list. Um, like, yeah, because of the second inquisition, right? Actually, it's more like the first. Oh. But, but the point of not breaking the masquerade is that because the way that we all continue to exist in this symbiotic relationship with mortals is by making sure they don't know who the fuck we are. Yeah. And take it from a clan who's got, say, a bit of a history with breaking the masquerade. Given our physical abilities, I'd like to make sure that we're on the same page. Forget the fact that we likely broke the domain tradition by entering this building unannounced and without permission. But given the fact that the owner is dead, I don't think anyone can hold us responsible. Look, I, I think we can work around that. I don't think anyone's going to hold that over our heads. So he's like, except maybe Cyril. But, you know, I mean, that guy's an asshole. Take whatever you need. And when Alex is ready to go, go with them. Okay? Okay. And he just picks up the, the bag, the weekend bag of bones next to him. <laughs> he's just like, well, um, yeah, no, the books are all destroyed. There's, we're not going to get anything out of those. Kind of like, I don't know what exactly we did in the basement, but I'll go have a look. I might recognize something, and these papers might help. I mean, I don't recommend it, but it, as your sire is gone, it, this is your home. 
this will be the last time you're here. And so it's your right. It's like, oh, thanks. I don't. He's like, as we're walking, he's like, Marcus, do vampires have whittles? Is that a thing we do? Oh, certainly. So there's like vampire lawyers for vampires rather than just vampire lawyers that feed on people? Well, sure. What do you think the uh, venture are in business for? Oh. He's, he's like, oh, I see. Well, that, that explains a bunch. <laughs> As he gets led into the kitchen and down into the basement, he's like, oh, he wasn't kidding about the bloody corpses in the death cult, was he? Oh, jeez. Ah. Uh. All right. Can I make you uh, an occult roll? <laughs> Yeah, I was looking in the basement, too. Yeah, both of you can give me a cult plus intelligence. And you're going to need four successes. So while you're doing that, Katarina, you were going wandering around looking for more books? Yes, indeed. All you find outside the library is in the living room, there's a small bookcase that appears to be filled with popular novels. So more modern entertainment style. There's some Dan Brown. Ugh. Uh, but there's also there, there's some Tolkien, uh, Lord of the Rings with the, the movie covers, though. Not the original covers or you know, some nice artwork. It's just, you know, you've, you've got... You've, you've got Orlando Bloom's face staring out at you from the cover of the two towers and th- there's a few other a few other books some Tom Clancy there's some Lacare and a, f- a few other in the spy thriller genre as well I'm actually going to pull all of them off and like open them up to see if any of them are like carved out as a nice hiding spot for things. Okay, so you pull out a all of these books, and one of the books that you remove is Picture of Dorian Gray by Oscar Wilde. And this one has a note written in the front. Thanks for coming to the party. You're always a blast. Sebastian. Fantastic. Anything else? Oh, that's the only book that you notice anything out of the ordinary. Okay. Most, most of them don't look like they've been read, except for the Clancy's and the Lacare's. All right, then I am probably going to wander into the kitchen and see if there's anything unusual going on in there. Okay. So off you go into the kitchen. Rom, are you still in the library or did you follow Vince down into the serial killer dungeon? Uh, you, you've got your copy of Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde that you were flipping through and then you look up and Vince isn't there anymore. He's going out of the room with Marcus. Are you following them down into the serial killer dungeon? Are you staying up here? What are you doing? Yeah, no, I'm going to follow them into the dungeon. I'm just going to unceremoniously drop this book that obviously has no uh, evidence use in it. So it means nothing to me anymore. I drop it on the floor and I walk downstairs. Okay, so you drop the book on the floor. You leave it there in the burned, now somewhat wet from the fire suppressant, uh, smoke-filled room, and you follow them down into the basement. Yes, I know what Mr. Voss is going to do with this house, so it doesn't really matter where this book is. More than likely. The two of you go down into the basement, and 
you are also hit with the stench of all of this death. And Vince, you've been around corpses before, but this is this is really bad. Right? You you've been there at the moment of death for several patients, including Mr. Perkins, but there's so many of them in various stages of decomposition and you're not used to seeing anything like this. And Rom, it just just reminds you that you're hungry. God, I am so hungry. You are so hungry, and I, I think you might need a, a, a willpower roll here to resist the need to feed. You haven't eaten in several days, Rom. There's so many corpses. Oh, you succeeded. You succeeded. But, oh man, you've got to eat soon. You are so fucking hungry. You don't sound so disappointed that I succeeded. I'm, I'm not disappointed. Why, why would you say that? Rina, one of us will fail this check someday. <laughs> Eventually. All right, so you go down into the basement with with Alex. And so, Vince and Alex, how did you do on your rolls to look at these symbols? Four successes, one of which is a 10. Nice. I got three, but I planned on using fatal precog on the people in the center of the circle. Okay. So you're focusing more on the people who are in the center. And Vince, you're looking more at the symbols. And yeah, I'm focusing on the. So Vince, you recognize these symbols. You've seen them before. Karen actually wrote them in her journal. That's where you saw them. And she's she painted one of these in a ritual before. You go around the circle, and then you go backwards around the circle, trying to put these things together. And this seems to be a blood purification ritual. He explains to everybody, he's like, this is a blood purification ritual. It, uh, I would think, based on my, our information so far, that Karen thinks, well, thought that the, uh, the curse is literally in the blood. Uh, that it's quite literally in the blood, but I guess this should have been successful if it was, and uh, I guess she So she wrong. tried several times, probably, considering the bodies are laying around. In the various stages of decomposition, yes. Um, I mean, death magic is pretty powerful stuff. It's... And then he's like, wait, what if what if she was right? I mean, he's like, I'm going to need to check her, her journal. Um, I've got it at home. I don't have it with me. But I'm going to check the dates on it and uh, see how long she's been dealing with this. I, I would suspect she's had the dreams like the rest. And uh, yeah, I, I think that she might have been on the right track if if she's having these for a long time and this managed to keep her safe until now. And if if she was wrong, she was wrong. What can you do? But it should be pretty easy to check because we have data for how long it took to affect, say, um, Luther and 
been true. So you want to stop by your place? He's like, oh, I'm going to stay there tonight. I'm going to have to talk to Mina anyway. Okay. Good question, Rita. You can ask. So do our characters know anything about the larger events in the DM world, like the emptying of London or the um, the call mm-hmm. of some of the really elder ones to the Middle East? Well, it... It depends on you and what you think your character would be interested in. For example, Alex definitely would be on top of all of that. Marcus would be on top of all of that. Vince, probably not. In fact, almost certainly not, because he's not plugged into Vampire Society at all. Uh, Katarina might know some of it, uh, especially because she works with other vampires. And for you, it's up to it's up to you what you think Rom would know. Like, is Rom interested in keeping track of what's going on in vampire society, especially outside of, of the Bay Area? Does he have connections there to know what's happening? And does he care? To the extent of, of how it impacts the, the metaphysical and his belief system um, and his pursuit of, of, of Golconda, if that's the case, then I'd want to bring that up to... Alex, the oldest people in our in our group, and and, and I'd, I'd say something along the lines of, "Alex, does it ever bother you when you think about all of the changes in the the vampire world in the last few years? Does it worry that we're seeing that here?" something like what happened in, in, in London or what what's going what's happening with the older ones in my time I have seen a lot of change in the way that we operate and the things that we do I am still under the impression that this is some kind of ritual as far as the older ones being called Who knows if that was a cult or a rumor that was started and they're so old and out of their minds that they decided it was a great place to go somewhere that's sunny 90% of the time. I mean, it doesn't sound like a vacation for me, but. Just, I'm just weirded out. You know? Well, the thing that is most, that strikes me the most is that the most of the gangrel got out of here before any of this started. And they are usually more in tune with something being off kilter than anybody else. A canary in a coal mine. Yeah. Say what you will about them, but their animal instincts are usually spot on. This... This... The guy that you brought into the apartment when I woke up, is he Angrel or Tremere or anything along those lines? He's he's your run-of-the-mill uh, businessman. He's not... He's not a, a kindred. No, he is. He's a venture. Oh. Right. Well... 
much for patterns. Yeah, nope. The only pattern we have so far is potential days and how bad the dreams get before we lose someone. There's got to be something linking people. It's got to be something in common. I mean, that's how these things... That's how they always go. There's the... You know, in all the stories. <laughs> I, I know this is real life, but, you know, it, logic follows. There has to be some connection between them. So far, it seems to be... If I'm thinking about it correctly... Camarilla higher-ups. Oh, really? Well, that's not going to be good for anybody. Well, you got Luther, right? Who is a sheriff. You got Felix, who was, uh, it seemed like he was pretty high in Clan Ventru. Like he was running the clan. Don't get me wrong, I don't know all the Camarilla thingies. Uh, and then Karen, who is one of the higher ranking members of Tremere next to Vera. Must be worried about. You can see why the prince is concerned. Well, and especially if the prince's brother seemed to have the same affliction. Now, I wasn't granted access to that body, so I don't know. But it sounds like it. What would be... Let's say, even if it is a ritual, Alex, what would be the point of this? Does it gain whoever's doing it? Well, since there was mention of a death cult, it could be the work of that. The only other people that I, I I would think that can do this kind of thing is a Tremere. And why would they do it? For more power or to wake somebody up. And I do know that there's a pretty powerful visitor to our city. So, Vince, a lot of this is going over your head. Except for the mention of the Tremere wanting more power. Uh, Alex, were you going to attempt to speak to these corpses? Uh, Not after he told me what they were used for. I was just going to do that to figure help figure out. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, no. Damn it, Vince. Uh You guys, did she tell you why she killed you? <laughs> you got any any notions on that front? <laughs> I don't need to see the dirty way in which she uh, made this all happen. I'm good. Damn it. I had such sights to show you. All right. So you finish up your conversation in the basement. Do you take anything with you when you leave? Not unless I see any other fetters or anything. No. There's not really unless anything like that down here except for some actual fetters. In a mm. physical sense. Right. 
There were literal fetters in the library. Yes, also those. So, not a whole lot of interest down here for you once you've realized what was happening, once, once Vince figured out what those symbols meant. So, Katarina, you don't find anything really in the kitchen. It's fairly empty. There's some wine, it looks like, in the fridge. Air quotes, wine. And everything else looks like it's almost never been used. So. Okay, then I will head back to, like, the main hallway right by the front door. Alright. And just everyone, kind of linger and wait. Everyone has assembled. Marcus. Oh, wonderful. Uh, so, I hope you've all enjoyed your visit here to the house. I'm gonna go ahead and close the house down. Okay. I'll catch up with you. I'm going to take Vince home. Oh, and Rom. I will turn to Katerina and say, would you like me to call you a ride? No, I will find my own way home. Thank you, though. We'll, uh, nod and, uh, yeah, prepare for what comes next. All right, so the rest of you leave the house. Uh, Katarina, if you're not going with Alex in the Lincoln, you can go to the nearest trolley or bus, whatever you can find. Marcus, that leaves you alone to protect the masquerade. It's a funny life we lead. So I am going to very casually make a call to a very important contact in the um, underworld of San Francisco. I will ask them to assist me in dealing with a situation at a house in Jackson that has gotten out of hand. And this is likely something that they have heard before. And I will tell them to bring a copious amount of cleaning supplies, which they have probably also heard before. Most certainly. Are you calling Takeshi or one of your your other contacts? Certainly. Uh, Takeshi's already done some work for me, so I will call him. The important point here is I am not calling Esmeralda. Duly noted. So you call Takeshi, and within about 30 minutes, he shows up in a van, a, cleaning, a couch cleaning van, uh, at least that's what the sign on the on the side of the van says. And he and two of his accomplices jump out, bringing in all of the cleaning supplies and everything else that you requested. Yeah, this is a essentially a no questions asked crew. It's what I pay them to do when we have, say, union meetings that go foul or when there need to be um, adjustments made to contracts out of season. And so I'll simply instruct them that the main area of concern is the basement. Before they arrive, I will have swept or washed clean most of the blood markings as to not expose any sort of, even to the cleaners, anything that might be a little untoward. I mean, bodies are one thing. People lined up in a ritual circle of blood is something totally different. Um, that said, that and the library are the biggest areas of concern. 
And then basically every door handle that in the house is getting bleached and every hall that we walk down is getting bleached. Right. So Jakeshi and his crew come in, they nod at you. No verbal exchange needs to happen beyond you telling them where to go. And within an hour, the library and the basement have been cleared up of bodies, bones, viscera, all sorts of unsavory things. Okay. Then I go into the kitchen and make sure there isn't anything left in the fridge or anything, you know, I mean, if she kept a, a death cult here, who, who knows? Um, I didn't see any chest freezer downstairs. So I'm just double checking. You you don't find anything. Doesn't seem that she cared too much for feeding her herd, if that's what they were. They're just those those bottles of wine that you instantly know are not wine. You can take those with you or just have Takeshi dispose of them, whichever you prefer. And the tongue. <sighs> right. The tongue. I'll dispose of the tongue, I think. I don't think any... I don't think Alex would even want the tongue. Not really their bag. I'll take the wine, though. That seems... Perhaps, if nothing else, I could bag it, and then I could give it to Vince as a memoir. So you take the wine, you leave everything else cleared up. Takeshi and his crew finish cleaning and take the trash with them so as to not leave it in any local trash bags you know they'll distribute it to various places around the city where it won't cause any uproar and Takeshi gives you a card like he normally does for you to pay him for his services later and they depart are you leaving the house still standing yeah I had toyed with the idea of breaking the gas main open and letting the house blow up because I think that it would likely serve as a, a nice epitaph. But I think it's even better in this case as to not draw attention to the house at all, to simply leave it a cold, dark place, which is befitting likely what happened inside. So Takeshi and his van drive away. You exit wearing some latex gloves that he provided you to ensure that the bleached handles aren't disturbed by your fingerprints and you walk away into the early morning of San Francisco knowing you've done your job well but now perhaps you have more questions than you do answers and that is where we will leave this episode thank you everyone for joining us hope you will tune in next time to find out what other misadventures our coterie can get up to and what other other bodies perhaps they can find. Thank you, and good night.